church. How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, I want to remind you today that we believe that the tongue has the power of life and death. You know, we're going we're gonna to speak our faith declarations here in just a moment, but I want to I tell you, it was incredible. Really, the Holy Spirit is in this house, is in the house this morning. Um, from the time we got here in the Dream Team Rally, all through the first service, it's been incredible what God has been speaking directly to our hearts. It's been incredible. In fact, everything that Christian was saying in the first service and now second service and, and what I, God, God has put on my heart is it's so much alignment and we have not talked about it or anything. And I mean, God, God was really moving on us this morning in the first service. And I believe God has, I'm so excited because I believe God has a great word for you in the second service. God did a great work in the first service. And I'm believing that in second service, you guys are going to receive a great word this morning. So would you stand with me this morning? We're going to make our faith declarations. And one of the things that I know is that the battle begins right here. Right here in our mind is where the battle really starts. And if we can win the battle here, we'll win the battle right here in our mouth. The power that's in our tongue. And I know it's so easy to get caught up in speaking the negative. It's so easy to go negative, right? It's just kind of natural. But God wants us to get those things in our mind lined up with the word of God so that we will speak the word of God and truth that's in the word, not what we feel, because our feelings and emotions are going to lead us and guide us in ways that are not always positive, right? So let's dive in this morning and let's speak and, and say our declarations this morning together. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for the power of your word this morning, God. And as we dive into your word, I just pray, God, that you would transform our hearts, God. Lord, we open up our hearts. Lord, open up our eyes, our spiritual eyes. Open up our ears, our spiritual ears. Open up our hearts, our spiritual hearts to receive all that you have for us, God. Open up and reveal to us things in our hearts, God, that we may not even know that need to, that change that you, that we need to yield to you in, God. That the Holy Spirit would speak to us clearly in this service today. Through your Holy Spirit, we would know, God, what you're saying for us to do. So, Father, we yield and we open up our hearts to you this morning, just as that song talked about. We open up our hearts to you today. And everybody who is in agreement with that says amen. 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 You can be seated this morning. We're diving into a new series. Richie opened it up last week, and it's called What to Expect When You're Expecting. You know, and I'm going to dive into uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, and let's read this together. It says, now as the people were in expectation and all reason in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. 
The key to verse 16 taking place of the Holy Spirit and fire is actually found really in verse 15 when it says, now the people were in expectation. The people were in what? Expectation. Very good. I want to talk to you about the power of expectation. What to expect when you're expecting. You know, so for those of us who are about ready to give birth to some hopes, to some dreams, and to to some visions, it's time for us to lean in to the power of expectation. You see, the location of this verse is very, very significant because there's been 400 years of silence. The Old Testament ends with silence. There's no prophets speaking. There's no words from God. God is silent. How many of you know 400 years of silence from God is a long time? You've been praying for things and you think that you haven't been heard, but how would you know? Thinking about this is 400 years. That's a long time. And we pick up the story in Luke where there's hope, where the Bible says, it gives us a clue about the atmosphere that the Holy Spirit is looking for that he's going to be poured out in. And it says the people were in expectation. One translation says it like this. Now, while the people were on tiptoe, That's right. (laughs) In expectation, this young man has got it. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. Which reminds me, this is so awesome. Um, My granddaughter, Neely, is just amazing. She just turned two. She's so much fun. She runs around really, really fast. And you have to, like, really be on your tiptoes with her, too. But she's on tiptoes. She runs around the house. Um, A lot of little kids do this, but she runs around the house on her tiptoes, like, really fast and you know and um, she'll come up to us and she'll run up to us on her tiptoes and she'll have both of her arms up and she'll say up 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 well we know what that means right she wants us to pick her up she wants to be held by us or she wants something or she wants us to open the cabinet door and get her something she wants something from us and a lot most of the time it's food She's just like her papa, <laughs> loving the food. But um, she is awesome. She's so excited, and she runs through the house all excited on her tiptoes, and she expects, Neely expects when she runs up to honey and papa in expectation, she's going to get what she's asking for. Basically, there's no doubt in her mind that she's going to get what she asked for, unless it's going to harm her, you know. Oh, this is, I, I didn't tell this story, but this happened the other day, and I, I just have to kind of tell it. She was with me, Richie was out of town, and I had her by myself. And you know, when you have a two-year-old by yourself and you're 50, like, it takes a lot of energy. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, phone is off in the other room. Like, I can't even look at any text message or just nothing. Like, it's just like all focused on Neely. And so we, we decided to watch a movie, and We put like Finding Nemo on and she's watching the movie and she's decided she likes these cabinet doors that the the TV sets on, you know, like a cabinet, like the the TV sets on. Well, it has one of those receivers. And if you, um, we keep telling her, don't get in there, you know, don't open those doors. But she just keeps determining that she's going to get in those doors. And I'm like, okay. So finally I was just like, all right, I'm just, I, 
I don't know what else to do. So I just let her get into, get, and she starts punching all the buttons. Well, then she turned on the amplifier, which made the, it was so loud. She turned around screaming bloody murder. <laughs> I mean, she was scared to death. And I was like, okay, see, you learned. Honey was right. No. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. But um, Neely has brought so much joy into our life. But she expects, because she knows that our love is so great for her. Like we're going to, we're going to love her. We're going to give her things that, that she wants. Now, um, we need to understand that if God is going to do something great in our lives, he looks for people that have expectation. It's tiptoe time around here at Amarillo Fellowship. It's tiptoe time around the body of Christ. Because we need to expect God to pour out his spirit. We need to start getting up on our tiptoes and expect God to do the impossible again with great anticipation, with great expectation. We are on our tiptoes saying, Lord, what's going to happen in the service today? We need to praise in expectation, sow in expectation, pray in expectation, expect the miracles, expect the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because the atmosphere that the fire and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is poured out on is on the people that are in expectation. You remember that even when Jesus went into his own hometown, he said he couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So you understand it's not that Jesus can't do it. It's that he partners with us. Colossians 2.14 says this, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So I want to announce to you today, there is nothing between you and your miracle because Jesus has removed it and he's nailed it to the cross, paying the debt in full. And you need to be on your tiptoes in expectation, believing that God is ready to do something in your life today. Expect God to pour out his spirit today on you, on your family, and on the people around you. Expect I want some people to get a hold of this today. Expect pain to start leaving your body. Expect the pain to be healed. Expect healing to enter your body. Expect God to do what his word says it will do. Expect to receive a miracle and expect to listen to this, to be delivered from anxiety, depression, alcoholism, drug addiction, fear, defeat, all the things that the enemy has tried to put you in bondage of, expect to be delivered. We have to expect God to move. There are strongholds that we have allowed to come into our life We've opened the door to the enemy and God wants to shut that door and he wants to set you free so that you can be completely living in freedom. So we have to expect that miracle in our life. Psalms 119 and verse 126 says this, it is time for you to act, O Lord. I feel that way with the Lord right now. It's time for you to act, God. For they have regarded your law as void. In other words, it means this. When you see people just disregarding God's word, 
God and his word. That's not a time to digress. It's not a time to be depressed about the circumstances. It's a time to get on your tiptoes in expectation. He said, when you see these when you see people making the word of God void and mocking it and laughing at it, it's time for God to work. And isn't that the time that we live in today? It's so crazy. I feel like the world is like right is wrong and wrong is right. It's just so weird to me. We need to pray for revelation that we will not live by culture, but we will live by the word of God. It is active and it is alive and culture cannot dictate what we do, it has to be totally based on God's word. It's time many of you are facing giants in your life. You know who you are if you're facing a giant in your life today and you've defeated the lion, you've defeated the bear, just like David did. And he's going to give you the giant that you're facing just like David defeated Goliath. That was an impossible looking situation, but God gave him the victory. And you need to get on your tiptoes and expect God to move. Romans 8, 17 says this. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, which means this. We have a double portion, a double claim to everything in heaven. We have a double claim, not just heirs, but we are joint heirs with Christ. It is mine. What is mine? The promises of God are mine. Why? Because Jesus says that I can have it. Man, I'm telling you, if Neely knows she can have something, she is just expecting she's going to get it. And I just, I love the childlike faith. It just, you know, there's something about, you know, when you have children and you have grandkids, it's just amazing because your heart, your heart gets re-softened about, you know, like just that beautiful, tender, pure faith and just the way that they look at life. I just like, Lord, give me that childlike faith again, you know, reconnect me to the heart of God and bring me back to my first love. The power of expectation is seen in Acts 3 when it says the Bible says there was a lame man. I love this story. This is so awesome. Um, There was a lame man brought to the temple and he was laying there daily. So every day he came to the temple. And there's a remarkable scripture because um, I've heard a lot of people preach that the miracle was dependent on Peter and James. Because you remember he said, they said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You guys remember that story? So I know without a doubt that there is the power is in the name of Jesus. There's no name like the name of Jesus. But I want you to notice this because like I said earlier, Jesus went in and did wanted to do miracles in his hometown, right? But because of their belief, he didn't do some of them. Notice this, that that did not activate itself. That the miracle of the layman was dependent upon acts three, five, which says this, watch this guys. So he gave them his attention. What? Expecting to receive something from them. So I know you're listening to me today, unless you're like, you know, on your iPhone having some fun. Um, but I wonder if you're really expecting this morning to receive something from God. This man said, I don't just hope, I don't just think, I don't just believe, but I expect to receive something from God. 
to see that there's something. You see, the enemy is tormented by uh, some things. And you know what? One of the things that makes Satan want to take Rolaids is, is that's this. You know, like there's one thing that will upset him so much. It is the devil is not concerned with what you used to be. He doesn't care what you used to be. He does not com- he's not concerned about even who you are right now. He's terrorized by what you can be. He is. He's terrorized by what you can be by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this thought really hit me this week that the devil's not afraid of my past. He's not really afraid of my present, but apparently by the way he's attacked me lately, he must be afraid of what God has got going on in my life. There must be something amazing coming that he's going to use me and you to shake the earth. You know, I'm on my tiptoes in expectation, believing that something good is coming. So I want to just dive in just a little bit to a little personal testimony of just some things that are happening, a little vulnerability that's happening in my life and has for a while. I've been dealing with some pretty severe anxiety for a good while and I've had several anxiety attacks, and I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. And I kind of used to be one of those people, I just didn't understand depression or anxiety because I had never um, experienced it. So like when people were dealing with it, I was just like, okay, come on, can't you just like get over yourself, you know? Like, I didn't mean that mean, but I just didn't know. I just didn't understand, okay? So now that I have walked through it, I can definitely have a lot more empathy and compassion for people who do. But as I've walked through that, I've done everything I know to, you know, get myself in a good place. You know, whether it's deliverance, getting my reading great books, counseling. I mean, just going to the doctor. Everything I know to do to get myself, you know, in a good place. And I, what I found was... I found myself starting to believe the lie of the enemy. You know, it's really easy to believe the lie. I I guess, you know, I just kept thinking, you know, it just had lingered for so long and I wasn't seeing, um, I wasn't seeing victory in my life in this area. And I kept thinking, man, you know, it's just, is this going to be the way I'm going to have to live? I'm going to have to learn to just deal with this. But God just kept reminding me and showing me that's just the enemy speaking a lie to you. And many of you are here today and you're believing a lie. Whether it's fear, worry, anxiety, I don't know. Maybe it's depression for you too. But, you know, I think part of it has been sometimes we get afraid to expect God to do something because we don't want to be disappointed. And I mean, you know, like, just thinking, like, we just want to manage those expectations. Just manage them because, you know, you never know what really, you know, what God's will is. You know, like, it could, you know, go either way. But that's not what God's word says. God's word says that I've already been healed. That I don't have to live with anxiety attacking me every day and my emotions feeling like it's a tornado on the inside of me. And I'm like, you know, that's not the way God wanted me to live. That's not the way he wants you to live. We don't want to deal with the disappointments that he might not come through. We say things like, what if I believe or expect God to do something and he doesn't come through? And this is what God laid on my heart today. What if you do expect and believe and he does? What if he does? What if he comes through 
in such a magnificent way. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to myself so much today because this whole week even, like I have battled this, you have like crazy. And this past week even, I, I finally Thursday, I felt like I was having some breakthrough, but I had to be so consciously, If I felt like I've been in a war. Anybody feel like that before? And it's easy to not want to just give up and go, oh, it's just not worth it. It's just too hard. You know, like seriously, okay. And last week, Pastor Richie led the, read, you know, a passage of scripture um, in Romans and it just jumped out at me so much. And I kept thinking about it all week long. And I want to read this passage of scripture. I want you to read along with me because there's so much power in this particular scripture. So let's read this along together. And starting in 831, it says, what then shall we say in response to all these things? What are we going to say when we have anxiety? You know, what are we going to say to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him give a, graciously give us all things? How will he not free me from anxiety? How will he not free us from fear? How will he not free us from addictions? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that was raised to life is at the right hand of God and he's also, man, he's interceding for you today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long and we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is something to hold on to. That's something to put our faith in. God, when God is for you, who can be against you? No one. 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 And if he will give you all things, don't you know he's going to give you freedom from fear, from depression, from worry, from anxiety, and anything else that is holding you in bondage or a stronghold in your life? Because you are more than a conqueror. And nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. You have to remember that good things that God has done for you. Remember what he's already done. Thank him for what he's already done. But I want you to remember this. Your greatest miracles are not behind you. Do not live in the past, but look ahead. I heard the Lord saying to me this week, your biggest miracles are not behind you. Your best days are still ahead. That's why you need to live with great expectation. And understand that something good is going to happen that you have not even seen yet. God has done great things for you, but guess what? That's not the end. 
I hear the Lord saying the scripture that came to my mind this week too. Your eyes have not seen and your ears have not heard, neither has it entered into your heart the things that I have prepared for you. See, you have to choose this. You have to choose to keep going. You have to get up on your tiptoes with expectation and believe the best is yet to come. And sometimes you have to do that by faith over and over and over and over again. And if you will speak it at the beginning, you will see it at the end. You serve a God that is greater than your faith. And so maybe you think, man, my faith is peaked. This is all I've got. I have nothing left. I want you to tell you this, that you serve a God that's greater than your prayer life. He's bigger than your prayer life, guys. The Bible says, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. For God to forget you, he would have to be unrighteous. And that is impossible. It is impossible for God to forget what God has promised you. The only question is this, are you expecting Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just ask, are you expecting? You're like, for those who look for him, he will appear. For those who are looking for him, he will appear. I'm tired of just the normal services. I was so excited this morning, even as God was just speaking to, the Holy Spirit was speaking to Christian to just start the service a little bit different. And just the way the Holy Spirit moved in the service this morning through our worship experience, I'm expecting God to move. I want the Holy Spirit to be in charge. I'm expecting someone to get healed today. I am expecting it. I'm expecting someone to come out of that straight jacket of depression. I'm expecting God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. Do you, do you want God to do more than you could imagine or think? Do you believe God can do that? I'm expecting to be healed, saved, delivered, and set free. I expect a miracle. And I'm expecting all the fear, all the worry, all the anxiety that I have dealt with to go in Jesus' name. Sometimes you have to get a little bit violent in the spirit and take it by force. Do you remember that, the, you remember that show, The Price is Right? How many of you guys remember the show, The Price is Right? Okay, so remember Bob Barker and he was like, so they'd be looking for another, a new contestant and they'd say, so-and-so, you are the next contestant. The price is right. And I don't know if you remember, but like they would start acting crazy. Like, I mean, like they would, I mean, their hair is all crazy and they have signs or whatever. But I mean, like they would start jumping up and down, screaming, waving their arms and running up to the front. And, and it's, you know, like, and they haven't won anything yet. And I'm like, it's just, that just blows my mind. But, you know, they were expecting to win something. <laughs> you know, I don't have to see it. I don't have to have it yet to get on my tiptoes with great expectation. Just like the song that we sing, The Waymaker, that says, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I can't feel it, you're moving. 
I believe that when Jesus is in the house, anything is possible. I believe that. When Jesus is in the house, anything is possible. And I'm saying to you today that we've won the chance, so to speak, to get a miracle. We ought to be in a constant state of expectation because of what Christ has already done for us. You know, two people can be in the same service and one can be waiting with expectation while the other one is disengaged. And it's crazy because one can receive this amazing word or some real, you know, hear from God and the other one not receive a thing. We will not receive if you do not believe. Same atmosphere, same message, same everything. But if you don't lean into what God is saying, you won't hear. You will not hear. You have to open your heart to God to speak, in, speak to you. We need to get our blessing. We need to get our victory. It's already been paid for. We need to believe God for more than the normal. We need the anointing to break the stronghold in our life to bring us the miracle. And today, choose to receive your miracle. Reach out and be filled with expectation. You know, when they set that lame man outside, outside the temple and he looked on Peter and John and he saw them, he looked on them expecting to receive something from them, right? What he was really expecting was what he got every time he went to the temple. It was just a get by, another day kind of blessing. You know, I'm going to the temple just like we do coming to church. We, a lot of times, we're not really expecting something great in our lives. We ask yourself the question, did I come here during praise and worship really expecting God to move. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Or did I come just to check off a box so I feel better about myself for the week, you know? No, I want God to move in my life. I want to be on tiptoes with anticipation. What does God want to do this morning in my life? God wants to be the center of our life, not just a thing that we do. And so much of the time, we don't have expectation. We just want to come to church and have another get by another day kind of blessing. But God saw the lame man coming, expecting to receive, and he thought he was going to get just another get by kind of blessing just to keep him going. But God said, because you're expecting to receive, I'm going to change your life in one moment. I want to say to someone today who's addicted to some, that this could be the moment that your life could change. It really could be. I'm saying to someone whose marriage is in serious trouble that this could be the moment that could change your life. I'm saying that anybody who's dealing with fear, worry, anxiety, depression, anything that is a bondage in your life, seriously, today God could touch your life if you allow him to do that. In Mark chapter 10, the Bible says this, that there was a blind man whose name was Bartimaeus. And he had a beggar's garment. And we read over that and we don't really think, you know, what does that even mean? But the government would issue um, these official beggar's garments. And it was a certain color. And anybody, any citizen who saw the beggar on the side of the road, if they had one of these beggar's garments on, it would tell them, this is a legitimate beggar. 
And you can give to him knowing that he's really blind or he's really crippled. And the Bible said that when he heard Jesus was passing by, he did something incredible. He took off his beggar's garment, blind, and he cast it away. That's incredible. Because what he was saying is, I know I can't see yet. I know I'm not healed yet. But if Jesus is anywhere near me, I'm casting it away and I'm expecting fully that I will never go back to the life of begging again. Amen. Jesus is going to give me a miracle day today. And he immediately received his healing. Wow. I don't understand how God always moves. I really don't. I don't know how he always works. But I do know this, that God is a miracle working God. The people were in expectation, according to Luke 3, verse 15. And then verse 16 says this, I indeed baptize you in water. But one mightier than I is coming. Those whose sandal strap I'm not even worthy to loose. Jesus is God the Father's gift to you of eternal life. What a precious blessing. But the Holy Spirit is Jesus' gift to you to empower you in this life. You understand we need the Holy Spirit to guide us to lead us. We need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to walk through this day. And it says, he shall baptize you. John the baptized said he would baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that even mean? You see, the Holy Spirit desires a relationship with you. The Holy Spirit wants to do five things in our life. And I want to, as I'm kind of closing here, I want to tell you five things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And so you, you might want to write these down, but the first one is this. He wants to inhabit your heart. So he wants to come in and he wants to fill every part of your life with his presence. That means he doesn't just want to be um, a part of your life. He wants to be the center of your life. He wants to be your all in all where everything is really consumed by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that means that we have to do something that on our part, which is we have to yield to the Holy Spirit. We have to yield to him. Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do in my life, I surrender to you. You know, that's why we lift our hands a lot, even in worship, is we're surrendering to him. We're just surrendering. I surrender to you, God. You know, it's hard to do that when we're filled with a lot of just pride in our life. And God, God wants to take that pride out. And he just wants us to go, you know, Holy Spirit, you're everything to me. Secondly, he wants to envelop you. And envelop is found in Ephesians 1.13. It says this, we are seated. Ephesians 1.13 says, we are seated with the Holy Spirit of promise. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So um, I have a letter here. And I'm going to put it in this envelope. 
And this letter is like, represents you, okay? And it's what it means to be enveloped by the Holy Spirit. We're enveloped in the Holy Spirit. And this letter, as I put in this envelope, I'm sealing the envelope because Ephesians 1 says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now that I've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, that means now dirt can't get into this. That means uncleanness can't get into this. Nothing can touch the inside of this because why? It's been sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only does the Holy Spirit, when it envelops you, He inhabits you internally, but He envelops you externally and He seals you with the Holy Spirit of promise. And I love this next part. Then He delivers you. Because the envelope delivers the contents wherever it's supposed to go, right? So He wants to deliver you out of the place you are in. And he wants to take you to another place, out of, a, out of defeat, out of addiction, out of fear, out of bondage and into victory, into joy and into your land of promise. So he not only seals you, he not only delivers you, but he also protects you along the journey. He's going to protect you until you get to your final destination. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit wants to instruct you. John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. You know, that scripture is incredible. You know, when I get up to lead worship or speak, I think, man, I can't, I can't do this on my own. I mean, it's a day-to-day thing. It's not just what I do here. It's my life. I need the Holy Spirit to teach me how to be a good uh, wife, to be a good mother, to know how to help, my, help with my grandchildren. I, I want to, I need the Holy Spirit in every area of my life to decisions that I'm making. I want him to instruct me on how, not what culture says, What does the Holy Spirit say? I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. He'll instruct us and he will encourage me to say this to, you know, the church. And like he has today, they're they're crazy things. I mean, crazy things can be going on in my head, even while I'm speaking or leading worship or whatever. Like, it's crazy how you can think of multiple things while you're doing, you know, just one thing. It's really weird. I need the Holy Spirit to speak to me so that I can do what he's asking me to do. Lord, help me. And guess what? He's there for you. And he will bring all things to remembrance. We need the Holy Spirit to bring all things to our remembrance. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit wants to impress you. What does that mean? One of the most frequent operations of the Holy Spirit is to bring impressions on on you what you are to do. He will impress you. Pray for that person. Send a message to that person. Witness to that person. Love on that person. He will, things will stand out to you like give some money to that person. They're in need right now. One of the chief functions is to bring impressions. 
It can even be like a warning. You don't need to be here. You need to get out of here. This is not a good situation for you. You should not be, that's, that's not something you need to be connected with. You need to let that thing go in your life. It'll also tell you things like things you need to join yourself to, like where you belong, like this is where you belong. Listen to the Holy Spirit because He is giving you impressions. And fifthly and last is the Holy Spirit wants to indwell you. John 14, 4, 14 says this, whoever drinks of the water I shall give them, he will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So he wants to indwell your body as his temple. It says we are, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you will never be alone again. All I need from you is to get on your tiptoes and expectation today because God has a miracle for me that today I could leave with my life changed. And that begins with our thinking into what we speak and declare out of our mouth into believing the promises of God, which leads to genuine expectation. So this morning I want to close and just ask you to bow your heads for just a moment because I believe God wants to touch your life. I had several people come up to me after the first service that God really did touch them. And I'm believing that God wants to touch you this morning. So I wanna ask just for a moment that we give the Holy Spirit just a moment to touch, to just speak to us. So this morning, if you're dealing with, if you're needing a miracle, and I'm not, that's anything, whether you're needing a physical miracle in your body, maybe you've been dealing with anxiety or worry or um, fear, depression, any of those type of things, any of them, I just want you to raise your hand and just lift it as a sign of surrender to God. And I'm just going to pray a prayer. There's hands going up everywhere. Mine is included. Father, in the name of Jesus. I speak right now to every person who is needing a physical miracle in their bodies. And I declare, God, what your word says, that by your stripes we have already been healed. So in the not name of Jesus, in the powerful name of Jesus, I declare that you are healed in Jesus' name. I thank you for healing bodies that need healing in the name of Jesus, backs that need healed, bodies that need healed, necks that need healed. Jesus, I thank you. I pray right now for people who are dealing with anxiety and worry and depression. I, f I pray right now in the name of Jesus, all of that has been paid for at the cross and I command it in the name of Jesus to go in Jesus' name and to receive the miracle of healing in your bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, God. And I pray one last thing broken relationships. There's somebody in here in the room, I feel like the relationships that have been broken and you're thinking that relationship is never going to be healed. God is bigger than that. If it's supposed to be restored, God is going to restore that relationship in the name of Jesus. So I pray over every broken relationship that you need a miracle in. Parents being reunited with their, with their children. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, that you would bring healing and restoration and a miracle in Jesus' name. 
And last of all, I want to pray for anybody who wants to receive Christ in your life. And if that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hands. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Okay, we're going to just all pray together with these five that have lifted their hands. Just repeat after me. Let's all just say this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.